No Ketchup Chicago. My people, welcome into No Catch Up Sports Talk via Chicago. I am your host, Sean Little. My dog, Big Nick the Quicks, in here. Back here. Jam packed show. First off of last week. A lot of stuff to talk about. <laughs> yes, sir. NFL, we're going to do best of the worst of the week. I think we all know what the worst might be. A lot of, yeah, there's there should be one universal L yeah. across the board. So we're going to go through that. Best we saw this week. A lot of stuff to pick from. I'm, I'm excited to see where you go. I know where I'm going. Where do the Bears rank in the NFC? We're going to talk about that. I want to get your opinion on that. We're going to, I think we're going to differ. It's going to come down to who ranks the Bears higher, who right, ranks them right, lower, right? Yeah. So we'll see what we got there. NBA, tip-off is next week. It's already here. We got Carson Edwards hitting eight threes in the preseason. Eight threes, the in cooker. Quarter. That's, it was in a quarter, in the right? quarter. This just happened. The cooker. Jalen Ramsey just got traded. Yeah. So I guess we could talk Two about first that rounders. Yep. What makes the Bulls relevant again? I uh, talked about uh, this last night. On shut Twitter up, Big Shandis. Daddy Moo. <laughs> and I'm interested, and I want to bring this to the pod. I want to talk about this. And too. I, I've actually softened my stance there a little bit. What too, makes so, the squad yeah. relevant? Uh-huh. We're going to talk about that. Mid range jumpers was a big topic. Yeah, KD, last couple days, KD got involved. Yeah, Zach Levine was in there as well. He was in the front of uh, the talk. So we're going to talk about that. Close it on the LeBron comments. China, it's jam packed today. A lot. What's popping? Man, not too much. You waiting man. on a check? Got it. Oh, you got it. Hey, listen, everybody out there, man, you know, if you got the direct positive set up, you know, and you get the paycheck every two weeks, you kind of live off that, you know, you're good to go. When you leave your job, keep in mind that last direct deposit doesn't hit on that Friday. They mail you the check. So I'm over here on Friday thinking everything's cool. And I was an idiot. You know what I'm saying? I didn't change any of my auto deductions, which come out on paydays. Right. So I was like, I wasn't really thinking about it. I'll have the check on Friday. I'll be good. Wrong. Friday comes along, auto deductions hit, no check in the mail. I'm like, fuck. Saturday comes along, <laughs> Saturday comes along, check doesn't arrive. I'm like, fuck. Monday comes along, it's a holiday. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, shit. So now it's been like four days past when I expect my check, right? You and you know, you bread. never want to touch the savings account. It's not like I right. was broke, but it's like you don't want to touch the savings account. That 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 direct deposit is what you live off of. You know what I'm saying? Take a little bit, throw it in the savings account. The rest is your walk around money. So the whole weekend I was like tight because I'm like, hey, man, I don't really got no walk around money. New job, has, <laughs> new job hasn't paid me yet. That walk around money was low. You know right. what I'm saying? I was like, hey, look, man, we got to do this next weekend. Um, so finally got paid today in full with the vacation time. Then I get paid again on Friday from the new job and another check so next week. So now you back rich. Oh, we dumb flush for we like the next now. three weeks. But it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like the calm before the storm or the storm before the calm, really. Right. The um, funny thing about that is 
once you make it through those days, you're like happy you didn't yeah, have yeah. it because you didn't spend any yeah. of it. And now you flush. And now you're, you're good. Flushing. You're back. I'm back good. I'm back gravy. <laughs> and the cool thing was, like I said, I didn't like move my bills to this week. You know what I mean? I had everything come out on Friday as it normally would. Yeah. So it just hit the little, you know, I was just used to getting it's that replenished. But it's not like I'm paying four bills today and, you know, back at square one. It's just we a good. delay. We super flush. We back I'll good at your boy. You know what I'm saying? And, and we, we back. We back. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, you, right? know. you and everybody else. But uh, no, nah, I mean, I just thought that was funny, man, because you know, I was like yesterday, I was like, damn, this check don't come on uh, Tuesday. Yeah, you got to push us out to Wednesday. Yeah, like, nah, I need that director. I'm positive. glad you made it, bro. I made it, man. I'm glad you made it. Protect your finances. Shout out <clears throat> the NFL. Oh man, the NBA's always got something going. So is the NFL. Yeah, I mean, something's always popping. Yeah. Last night, Monday Night Football was a little more interesting because we're Bears fans and it's Lions Packers. Yep. Directly affects the Bears, the NFC rankings and all that. We're going to get to that game. Talk to me about the best thing you saw this week in the NFL, and then we'll get to the worst thing we saw. So best thing I saw this week, um, no surprise to anybody, is going to be Lamar Jackson. The evolution of Lamar Jackson, the evolution of the Baltimore Ravens. What are they five and one right now, or four and two? No, they have two losses. So they're four and sure. two, right? Yeah, they lost um, to the Chiefs and they lost. Yeah, they lost. They lost last week. Yeah, whoever, yeah. whoever that was. Yeah, they so, two losses. Evolution of Lamar Jackson. What was it? Two hundred passing yards, one hundred and fifty rushing yards. First quarterback to do that since I don't even know when. Um, I don't even know when. But um, <laughs> shout out Chief Keith. Yeah. But um, yeah, man, just you know the evolution. Everything there was a lot of talk about him before the year. What type of player is he going to be? Is he going to be able to throw the ball? They're going to be able to win games like that. And I think all he's done is silence the doubters from the beginning of the year. I think he's maturing as a quarterback for a year two quarterback. I think he's doing a great job. And I think Lamar Jackson is going to be a player in this league for years to come. And 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 you can't stop that boy when he's running. Forget about it. Him Forget in the about open it. Open field is yeah, <laughs> it's, no, it's just it's, an L. it's 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 an L. Yeah, it's an, it's L. an L. So I mean, they're winning games playing that style of ball. Um, I love what they're doing out there, and I'm going, you know, Baltimore after the Bears, then the Patriots. It's the Baltimore Ravens for your boy. On the rooting scale. On the rooting scale. I hear that. Yeah, that's a fun team to root for. It's a great team to root for. They got a lot of they got a lot of they got a lot of good dudes that black I black quarterback. I like to, they got a black quarterback. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like Earl Thomas. I like Mark Ingram. Yeah. I like – I just like the organization. I, I like John with, Harbaugh. With, yeah, I like John Harbaugh. I think he's, Harbaugh like, actually too. the effective Harbaugh. The other yeah. one is a lot, of, a lot of hype and all that. But I think John Harbaugh just went about his business quietly. You know, I appreciate him for making that switch from Flacco to to, uh, to Lamar Jackson yeah. last year when he New needed era. to. New era. And Lamar Jack is that boy. That's it. So that's the best thing I saw. How about you? Best thing I saw this week. Is the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, man. And I'm going to tell you that this is. This so the is, one's the team I had to defend here last week, right? Yeah, correct. Because you told me, like, oh, oh, oh. Well, listen. Which I want to call you out on. Hold on, hold on. Go ahead. Let me call you out on that, right? Because last week we're sitting here talking. I'm like, dude, they're record. They're 4-0. Like, they're a good team. Like, I don't know what else you want. No, man, this, that, and the third. And then they come out. Facts. Then they come out and they, they literally whoop the Rams up, right? And Sean, within a period of like eight minutes, sends out six different tweets about how great the 49ers are. Right? Wait, 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 wait. After saying all that shit, I hop on my Twitter. I'm scrolling. I see Sean like, 
49ers are for real, man. You got to take them boys for real. Sitting over here, replying to comments, all that type of stuff. When I was sitting here last week telling you the same thing. What, hap- what, what happened? Well, listen, I put my money where my mouth was. Yeah. Because I bet the Rams. I was on the Niners all week and yeah. took off of it five minutes before kickoff. Yeah, so you was a little sus, too, I got super. Su- I got cold feet reading articles. So. <laughs> really? Dude, it is the worst, bro. Don't read those damn articles. Go with your gut, bro. If yeah, you're going to gamble, don't Honestly, let somebody bro, else tell you who to yeah. pick. So I, I went with my gut. I thought the Rams were going to come, come back, bounce back. I put my money where my mouth is. And I was paying extra attention because you know how when you got money on the game, you ever had money on the game and you're watching the game and you try to talk to someone about someone else about the game that doesn't have any money yeah. on it, and you'd be like, yo, remember in the third quarter, second down, three minutes and 45 seconds on the clock? Yeah. And it was a – they had a – they had a, they, were, they were in trips, and it was a – Cooper like, Cup had an out route, and it bounced off his foot. And, like, and why do you remember this? The, he didn't stick the ball out to get the first yeah, down. Yeah, remember that? Yeah. They'd be like, <laughs> bro, nah. No, bro. <laughs> I was not watching the Rams like yeah, that. I was not watching the game like that, <laughs> yeah. bro. I was on yeah. red zone, whatever. Yeah. I was watching the game like that. I was, I can't even describe how impressed I was. I was shocked at what was going on. They dominated the Rams opening drive. They ran the ball, I think, seven times in a row. 56-yard touchdown drive, 7-0. Yeah. After that. They had 100 total yards the whole game. Were there 70 yards passing or something? 101 total yards the whole game. I, yeah. I, I don't know the, I don't know was, golf's like number, golf but was... it was insanely bad. Yeah. I couldn't tell you how impressed I was. This is I, – I know we always come back to the Browns somehow, but and we're gonna, and, and Freddie Kitchens. <laughs> Time to go. When he talks, he seems disorganized. Yeah. Guess what? The Cleveland Browns are disorganized. 100%. When Kyle Shanahan speaks. Flat brim. Flat brim the Kyle flat Shanahan. Flat brim bandit. I'm like, yo. I, I know what's going on here. Wow. It's clear. This it's coherent. This is a clear plan yep. for how they plan on winning football games. And that's how they're winning them. Their defense is, my, is it, it looks, it, this squad reminds me of the Bears last year. Yeah. That's kind of what it yeah, reminds me of. The defense is crazy. The defense is crazy. The offense is, is, is getting there. They're, they're leaning on the things they were successful at. Kittle. They're not as gimmicky as us yeah. last year. But, yeah, Kittle. Kittle's a you monster. You can't even tackle, dude, first off. He was taking uh, 20 picks after Adam Shaheen. He had, yeah, that's, that's insane. Ryan Pace. <laughs> <laughs> he caught a ball and stepped out of bounds. And thank God he stepped out of bounds for the Rams because he, he was – running through people and tackles yeah. for like another 20, but they brought it back and he stepped out of bounds. Right. They look sensational. Unstoppable. They have attitude, swagger, all this, bro. Identity. Everything. They have identity. Yeah. And Garoppolo, there's still question marks on him, but... No, he's not very good. They're always in third and but three, though. But, yeah, he's, but yeah, you feel me? They put him in the like, right position. They're always in third and four. That's, that's a play... That's a coach calling the plays of the strengths of his quarterback and putting them in position to win. Right. 100%. 100%. My, so, only, my only beef with them is Richard Sherman talking. Yeah. I can't handle any more Richard. I think no like more he Richard Sherman? He should have not came to the podium after last week's <laughs> embarrassment, but I think he doesn't give a fuck, so he's like, oh, whatever, I already, got, I already got a ring. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to yeah. come up here and start talking about people doubting us, talking about 85 Bears and all the other type of shit he was talking about, but yeah. 
Yeah, but great. I, I couldn't tell you how impressed I was. They look great. They look they look amazing. They look and great. that's on short rest. Yeah. That was on short rest and the Rams coming off an extended rest yeah. of ten days. Yep. It was I was impressed. Yeah. Bro. So that's the best thing I saw this week. Now I know we have the best worst thing we saw this look, week. I got a worst thing that isn't the overall worst thing. Okay. If I look, could just hit on that yeah, real on quick that. before go. we go down the rabbit hole of what everybody knows we're gonna talk about. My worst thing, staying in the lines of gambling. Last night had the Packers minus four, right? So it's twenty two twenty. Yeah, they yeah they Packer marching down the field. They're gonna give them the touchdown, right? Which worst case scenario puts me in the push, right? Unless uh, the Lions come and you know score a quick touchdown at the end of the game. So I'm like, oh, this is all good, right? Wrong. Packers fall down. Wait, run the clock out. Hold on. Are you complaining about a game you should have had no business even sniffing oh. a couple? Yeah, no, yeah. I was, like, I was feeling good. No, you want to know something crazy? You want to know something crazy? You want to know something crazy? I felt great about it. I, there was at no L. point in that game that I feel bad about it. The first snap. I knew Aaron Rodgers was coming back. I knew he was coming back. I knew what, he was coming back. Was this before or after all the penalties? No, this is before. Wait, wait, oh, is, is that is, when you started feeling better? Yeah, about I felt it? great after all the. Like, felt great. Get out of here with felt this great, state. man. Felt great in the last drive. A, felt was, great. No, Doesn't bro. matter. Doesn't matter. The fact of the I'm, matter is this. I'm glad if they score you a touchdown. A with that, uh, worst case scenario, I get a push. Best case scenario, they kick the extra point. But my point is this: if your defense has been playing so well, right? Why are you? Why don't you want to put the? Why? Why don't you want to take the touchdown? What if Crosby, who is known to jag some kicks from time to time? Right? He was he's, like three for three already. Yeah, but he's not automatic in life. We've seen Mason Crosby jag some kicks before. I can't why, believe we're even talking about why, this. Why don't you take the touchdown? Because you can end the game. Why, why give them the what ball What if he back? misses the field goal? Then you miss the field goal. And the game's over. Then you, you, miss you the can, field goal. And you can end the game. But why give them the ball back and then give them an opportunity to go down and score a touchdown and then and win the game? Because it's Matt Stafford. Nah, bro. What? Matt Stafford was lighting their ass up. Cover Did you the, watch the game? Hey, Matt LaFleur, cover the fucking spread. Cover the Get spread. Out of here with this. Understand. <laughs> I took your crusty ass Get team. Out of here with this. I had to root for a team that I didn't actually want to win because of the standings, and you couldn't even cover for me, man. By the way, cover you, the spread. Did you catch LaFleur's in locker room talk after the game? Uh I may no, nah, it was like nah, not it really. It was really bad. Yeah, and what's he gonna say? No, but it's just like you know how there's guys that dude that doesn't can, have presence you, at all. That, that's <laughs> he exactly he right. Does, he doesn't you know have a presence. Guys about that him. speak, yeah. Like when it's like, like in locker, like like group. You know, I was. Just, that's exactly what I was about to say. Like him or not, if you're in that locker room, but you're hype. When bro. you're in that locker room and he came in, it was good. <laughs> yeah, they had a great and you night. Were listening. They had a great night that night. Let me see if I can find that Lafleur. Yeah, Hold on. but Lafleur, no. look for it. But he's, he's yeah, one no, of those. He's one of those coaches that overall lacks presence. He was like, you know, Tressman, zero presence. I'll say this, Nagy does have some presence about him. I'll give him that. He can control a room, but Matt LaFleur isn't controlling any room. He doesn't have that that type of pull or anything like that. But um, you know, yeah, overall, I mean shit. They they won the game. The Packers are looking good. We're gonna have some major issues going forward with this particular squad because we can't seem to beat them. We already dropped our game at home to them, and now we gotta play them on the road. So I mean, you know, what are you gonna do? There you go. Yeah, there it is. He just he just I'm looks. Trying to get, I'm trying to find the whole one. Hold Bro, on. He looks like the equipment guy. He's like a, he's, <laughs> he doesn't look like the head coach out there at all. Um, 
But hey, they're five I, and one. I should have had it queued up. But that, anyway, that brings me to my next point of what I was talking about earlier is go to Aaron Rodgers post game stuff and me talking about does he look relieved? Like to you when you watch him and like think about the past like eight years, everything the Packers do, all their wins and losses are all on Aaron Rodgers, right? If he plays well, he has to play well for them to win. He can't rely on the defense. He can't rely on the running game. He couldn't rely on good coaching. And it just seems like right now you're looking at him having fun. He's not even playing that great. You know what I mean? He's playing okay. Oh, you His, mean relieved as in like he doesn't have to do everything. Yeah, he can go out there you. and be average if he if he is in a game. He can have a bad – he but hasn't he, been lights out this year. Right. Now, he had some dimers yesterday, some yeah, absolute – Dimer. I don't that know who Light Skin Buddy is that he that he threw it to. Uh he dropped one in the basket to him. They they dropped a couple balls. But um, so I mean he played, he had some great plays, but overall, if you look at his numbers, this isn't like the Aaron Rodgers of old. Um But he seems like he's genuinely having a good time. Like he seemed like he was one of those guys like out there in the past, he was just always pissed off. Dude, me and my girl like, were watching the game last night and she was looking at some of his passes like, wow. Yeah, it was a dime. That was a good throw. Yeah, it was a great throw. <laughs> But he's uh he just seems relieved. He seems like he's playing a lot more carefree. Yeah. He's not worried about shit. He's not dealing with Mike McCarthy. Like you I, haven't noticed. It's probably that? a little bit of both of I haven't seen he doesn't seem relieved to me, oh, but yeah. I think that he probably is relieved a little bit because he has a great defense. Yeah. He doesn't have to deal with the friction with McCarthy. They have a new system and they're winning. They're winning so, ball yeah, games. Yeah. Right. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I just feel like he's a, he's a, he's just playing a little bit different, and it seems a little bit different. All right, we we agree on the, the we both agree the worst thing we saw was the officiating last night. Last night, um, all okay. year Sunday. Did you watch Cowboys Jets? Yeah, I did. Oh, I was watching with my dad. I've never uh, six straight penalties at the end of the game. Insane. I've never six seen like that. Before. Straight penalties at the end of the game. I've never seen anything like that before. Last night was the icing on the cake. They've yeah. been bad all year. All, all year. Legit. That goes back to from, last year in the NFC Championship game. From last season to this season, penalties have gone up like 18 or 19 16%. 16%? Yep. Okay, I thought I saw like 18%. Yeah, I think it was but 16%. But still, okay, yeah. 16%. Which is substantial. That's substantial. Yeah. What do you think it is? I don't, I don't understand. Well, it's definitely a mandate from the league to call more stuff. I mean, that's clear. Yeah, coming off of that passive I mean, appearance. when do you ever see two... You you rarely see a lot of illegal hands of the face penalties to begin with, but to see two on the same player in the same situation where he didn't have hands to the face, like, yeah, they're calling all types of crazy shit. Some of the quarterbacks, I mean, the quarterback stuff has been getting out of control, but some of those pass interference calls against the Jets the other day um, were ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous calls in those games. Um, so, yeah, man, I mean, I think I think this is what – this is the culmination of all of the things of all the competition committee and all these rules changes and all making a safer game. It's pretty much like, hey, if it's not like completely straightforward, we're just going to go ahead throw and err on the side of caution right. and throw a flag. Because those illegal hands to the face, at no point did I see him put a hand to the face. And I've been critical of Booger McFarland all year, but he did take it to – Buddy, whoever uh, ESPN had the uh, ex official that they had that they Mike Perry that they kept bringing up, he's like, yeah, no, like what are you talking about? He's like, no, but if you look at the end of the play, he's like, yeah, no, I didn't see it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I give Booger his props for definitely standing up to dude because you could tell they were frustrated watching that game when the announcers start getting pissed off about the game they're calling. Just like Nance the other day was 
about to lose his mind yeah, Jets during Jets Cowboys. You know what I mean? Like, it was crazy. And you're talking about end-of-game situations when you're supposed to let the players play. Even the NBA reps know in the fourth quarter you kind of let a little bit of shit fly because the game needs to go. And typically you never see announcers say negative things about the no. officiating because the league is like, The league is like, yeah, we don't want that. Nah, don't be coming down on the officials yeah. live on television. Which leads right into ESPN and Van Pelt and them killing the officials. Like, yeah, they don't want that. Those are the league's partners, but it is that bad. It's that bad. I mean, again, it's the culmination of where they've been headed. For a while, it was just the quarterback shit where it was like, okay, you can't breathe on the quarterback. Now it's all over. I mean, these pass interference calls, those pass interference calls against the Jets were absolutely ridiculous. It made you think, like, does somebody have money on the Cowboys? Like, is there Cowboys money out there that heavy? <laughs> yeah. Like, which one of these? And, like, no bullshit. Like, that's what it looked like. I've never seen anything like it. And then like, last night. Every, they had every opportunity to try to every, punch that every touchdown. Every opportunity. And they did end up scoring a touchdown. Yeah. Right? yeah. Every opportunity. It was like, please win this game. Please win this game. We, can, we can't have y'all lose to Sam Darnold. Just can't have it. So it's crazy to me. Like, that whole thing was crazy. Last night was crazy. It makes the Saints fucking Rams shit or whoever was the Saints, Saints, and Saints, Rams, Saints yeah. Rams last year look like nothing. Because that, that shit last night, if I'm a Lions fan, I'm like, yo, come on. Are you kidding me? I mean, on the same player. Implications. Massive. If I'm, what was dude's name? The defensive? Trey Flowers. If I'm Trey Flowers, I'm surprised he didn't fire off that ref. Because on the second one, he really looked like he was ready. Yeah. I mean, like, you might have to go get your boy. He was actually pretty calm in the post game. I, I would have smacked the. I would have smacked that ref. Dog. I would probably would have taken my game. <laughs> no, you're not giving up no game. No, I'm probably not giving up a check. But I would have, you know, sent an intermediary to smack him. I'd have my guy smack him. Look, this is the thing. But how do you fix it? What do you do? This is what you do, in my opinion, <clears throat> because it is inexcusable what's going on. You have. First off, as fast as we get the replays at home, someone else could be getting those replays, right? Absolutely. You put a team in the press box, so flag comes out, illegal hands to the face. The team upstairs at the game, the team of reps, whatever, just like they have a league office in New York watching the games and going through things, there's a team of officials in the stadium. They see the replay. They buzz down to the head official and say, hold on, you need to go look at that. Or, and if you even want to get, because I think the, the big worry is that the, the game flow is going to get so interrupted yeah. that it's going to be like unwatchable. Yeah. So you can even give the people in the booth enough power where they buzz down as on a buzz down means pick up the flag. It's incorrect. Yeah. Or you need to buzz down and throw a flag for pass interference. It's yeah. almost like they're calling the game from the press box. Well, and I think that's do you understand what, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I understand exactly what you're saying. I think the reason that the league wouldn't do that is you're almost like indirectly throwing your officials under the bus. Because if you're calling a game and all of your you know, all of your calls just keep getting overturned by upstairs, if you're an official, you're like, what the fuck? What's the purpose of me being here? Yeah, no, I understand. And they don't want to. They don't want to be like, oh well, this guy, his flags always get picked up. But humans are humans. Yeah, they make mistakes. We have the technology now. Can you imagine how many calls were getting blown back in the day? Yeah. So now that we have the technology, <laughs> let's get it right every time. Yeah. We have the technology and the opportunity to get it right every time. Let's get it right every time. 
This is how it would have went down last night. Flag, illegal hands to the face. Buzz. He comes back on the mic. Correction. You can call the booth, whatever you want to call it. There's been a mistake. The flag has been picked up for illegal hands to the face. The 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 uh the play the the result of the play stands next down or whatever it is. Or just Simple do it in the fourth that. quarter. Make it a fourth quarter thing. Hey, in the fourth quarter, just like you review all scoring plays, right? Review no, the fourth quarter. Is, but this is all just doing the fourth quarter is is it's just an, it's just another yeah, step if, of not doing it the whole but way. But if you're worried about the flow of the game, right, and interrupting the game, so you're not literally looking at every single call. And returning calls for the first three quarters, put it in crucial moments. Yeah, fourth I mean, quarter is crucial. Right direction. It's a big step in the right direction. That way, you can never say, "Hey, here in the fourth quarter, when it's the final drive of the game, I'm not getting an illegal hands of the face penalty on third down after we sacked Aaron Rodgers." Yeah, I mean that's that simple. That happened in the fourth quarter. That simple. Make it a fourth quarter thing. So again, I, I see because I'm worried about interrupting the flow of the game too. Because you will literally be second guessing. So holding penalties, forget about it. You'll or, look at every single hold. Or maybe have it what and have it where you keep the players in the huddle after a penalty for an extra amount of time. You can't do any subs. And I'm just thinking about this on the fly. Right. You can't do any subs. You hold them in in the in their huddle, the offensive team in the huddle. Until it's like confirmed on the play right or wrong, and then you break out and go. Defense can't sub or do anything else. Those are that that, that was that's what I just came up with on on off the top of my head. But there has to be some type of team that can that can look over the the, the refs that are on the field. No one's looking at them on the field. It's almost like they have a penalty quota. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. hey, y'all have to throw X amount of flags per game because studies show that this is how many penalties actually happen throughout the game. Because, again, that second illegal hands to the face, it was like, come on, dog. Like, someone already told you that the first was a bad call. Dude, there's, there's been a lot of plays this year where it's been like, yo, this is just wrong. Yeah. You're wrong here. Yep. Like, and, and, and we have an opportunity with the technology and everything else to just correct it. Just get it right. But it makes the games unwatchable. Like last night was at was ridiculous. That was ridiculous. How do you Same feel about guy. the team in the in the stadium buzzing down or doing something like that? I'd have to see the full the full draft of it and what that's actually going to look like. I agree with it in the fourth quarter, but again, I, I really think it has to start from it has to start with how you're training these refs because just like you've trained them to start calling all this bullshit. You have to untrain them to call all that bullshit. You have to look at it right now. Understand that you probably can't do that. Are they full time yet? Yeah, I think I think they're full time crews. Yeah, they're full time yeah, refs now. Yeah, yeah. Well, remember that, that was a, that was that a was one of the reasons too. that they walked out too, right? right? Yeah. No. Um. So you need to train that staff to not call. I mean, it's kind of like you want them to call stuff when it does happen. You don't want it to be a free-for-all out there. But at the same time, you can't have it where these refs are so nervous that they're blowing the whistle and throwing a flag on every single play. You cannot have that happen, and that's what's going on right now. In these crucial moments, right, in crucial moments of the game, you really have to look at it and be like, is this a penalty? So maybe it's one of those situations where they can they confer about it right there on the field, something like that. But again, someone has the ability has to have the ability to pull that flag up. So 
however you want to get that right. done in the fourth quarter, you probably need to figure that out. But at the end of the day, it starts with how you're training these people and you need to train them in a way so that they understand you can't be calling bullshit like that. You just cannot do it because again, they're training them to call it like that right now. That is coming straight from the league office. It's not a coincidence that we're seeing all these flags. It's not a coincidence that penalties are up 16%. If it was something that the league didn't want, they'd be all over it. Because that's a huge variance. Nothing goes up 16%. That's a lot. It's a fifth. It's crazy. So, again, um, it's coming from the league. The league wants this. But now, hopefully, with all the backlash that they're getting this week and they're getting destroyed on every single show that matters by every single person all over the place. You got players tweeting about it. Like, hopefully they figure it out. Um, Listen, the biggest problem is everyone can see they made a mistake and yeah. no one's doing anything about it. Yeah. Like, that was a mistake. That was wrong. And it was but, a primetime game, But too. we're continuing to just go about it like they're not fucking up. And it was two primetime games. It was the late afternoon game, which you talked about last week, is that third primetime yeah, slot. Yeah, that's the third And it was the Monday slot. night game. No Can't doubt. have it. You cannot have it. So they need to retrain the refs and what they should be looking for and what they need to call and tell them, hey, man, you got to pull these flags back a little bit. That's that. Now, next what will happen is we'll be complaining about them not throwing a flag on something. But I would almost rather have the we didn't throw the flag on this situation than the we did throw the flag on this situation. I think it comes down to this. It's almost, you know what? You know what it could be? What if you had a set of, like, a set, of refs or something that like challenged calls like from the other refs. Like I take, I want you to take another look at that type of thing. The game flow thing is that really become messed up. contentious on the but, field. But the thing about the challenge thing from the coaches is it's like, they only have two. Yeah. Now they're like, they're scared to challenge shit. They don't want to lose timeouts. Like in the second half, people aren't challenging shit unless you, that shit's a lot. You shouldn't lose your challenge flag. If you win the challenge. I agree with that. Like, you shouldn't need to hit back-to-back to get a third. Yeah. Like, you should be able to challenge all day if you're hitting them. Yeah. Like, yeah. you're wrong. Boom, boom, boom. boom. You're wrong, yeah, yeah, bro. Yeah. Challenge, yeah, you're challenge. wrong. Yeah, you should you not lose. Me? You shouldn't lose the – because, yeah, like you said, these coaches shouldn't be nervous to throw them out because you shouldn't be preserving them like timeouts. Yeah, because that's what it comes down to yeah. because in the third – in the fourth quarter, like, if I miss this challenge, I'm going to lose the challenge and, I don't, and a I don't, timeout. And a like, timeout. I can't do man, it. Man, maybe I'll just hold this, like, can't forget it. it. You know what I'm saying? So that's it's something's got to happen. Something because the technology is there. Let's talk about the NFC because the NFC is loaded, mm-hmm. top to bottom. And I thought it'd be interesting to see where you thought the Bears were ranked in the NFC. Let me give you the rankings. Yeah, give me right the now, give me the rankings. Quick. Well, give San- me the team, and I'll tell you if that team's better than the okay, Bears. Hold on, I'm just going to give you the yeah. squad. San Francisco's five and zero. Oh. Green Bay's five and one. New Orleans is five and one. Seattle's five and one. Minnesota's four and two. Carolina's now four and two. Have won four straight. Bears are three and two. Phillies three and three. Dallas is three and three. The Rams are three and three. The Lions are two and two. And uh, then then we started getting to the the, the goofy squads. We got the Cardinals who are Colin Murray's been doing all right. Dangerous. Then we got the Giants, who they just got a new quarterback. They're they're working their way in. Tampa Bay, Atlanta, Washington. Proper. Um, Pretty much the records to me make sense, other than I would flip the Bears and the Vikings. I understand the Vikings have a better record, but we have their number. We are better than the Minnesota Vikings. They played great this weekend, but we are better than the Minnesota Vikings. 
Every other team that you named in front of us is absolutely positive. Carolina. Better than, um, right now they are better than the Bears with Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen's got what eight pick eight and eight touchdowns, zero picks. Yeah, something like that. Riverboat Ron, he's coaching them to their strengths. He's analytics Ron now. Did you hear is that? Is that, that what he calls himself now? <laughs> yeah. Right. Did you hear this? No, no. Okay, so the other they played in London. I woke up early. They played in London last week against the Panthers or against the uh, Bucks. Yeah. And they were calling they were calling him Riverboat Ron, and he was like, "Well, it's actually analytics Ron because like that's what you're supposed to do on fourth down and whatever, whatever, right?" So I thought that was really funny. Yeah, yeah he said, "Man, look, his whole career flipped when he started going for it on fourth. Yeah, it did. It really did. Yeah, the whole yeah. career flip. I'm like, here that shit. It's real shit. Um, but no, I think that they are better than the Bears right now. Yo, so what you have them at six? Then you have San Francisco in front of them, Green Bay, New Orleans, Seattle, and Carolina. So you have the Bears at six for sure. Yeah. Um, who give me three teams behind them, not including the Vikings? So then behind them, oh, not including the Vikings. Yeah. Philly, Dallas, the Rams, and Detroit. <laughs> yeah, we're better. We're better than those teams. Yeah, yeah. Those teams are on epic slides right now. Yeah, I mean the Rams are on lost three, three straight. straight. Dallas Philly's, lost three straight. Philly's and lost. Philly's just got blown out. Just got blown out. So those teams are on a slide. So I can't sit here and say that the Bears are worse than teams that are losing three straight games. But we're absolutely not better than any team with a better record than us, other than the Minnesota Vikings. I have us at five. We have the worst offense in the NFL. We have the second worst offense in the NFL now that Sam Darnold's back. So the Jets' offense will start to go leaps and bounds above the Bears' so, offense because Darnold's a professional so quarterback. Now you're talking. You're talking against your own argument. No, but I'm just saying that's why we're. That's why these other teams. Um, no, I'm not because what I'm saying is I can't say that the Bears are worse than the Dallas Cowboys, even though on paper they are. But the Dallas Cowboys have lost three straight games. That matters. Right? So if you're looking on paper, the Cowboys are a better team. The Eagles are a better team, no, probably. No, forget about paper. Like, we've seen them play, yeah. right? If you've lost three straight games, you can't be better. I'm sorry, you've lost three straight games. So I am kind of talking out both sides of my mouth right now. <laughs> but the reason that they're not better than, say, like the Panthers is, again, the Panthers have a better record, and we have the second-worst offense in the league. I have us at, I have us at the, as the fifth-best team in the NFC. So you think we're better than Carolina? Yes. I have us I have us behind San Francisco, Green Bay, New Orleans, Seattle. And then we're fifth. But that's a hundred percent I'm giving them a lot of benefit the of the doubt. Panthers have won four straight ball games. I'm giving them a lot of benefit of the doubt, and it's extremely tight. We could easily be ninth. Yeah. Like easily. We're we're fifth by a sliver, bro. And that's me holding out hope that we're gonna come off the bye. And, and, and take care of business against New Orleans. Would you rather have Kyle Allen or Mitchell Trubisky? Kyle Allen. <laughs> that's sad. It's just what it is. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's where we're at. I mean, like, if I'm looking at Kyle Allen play, <laughs> yeah, Kyle I'm taking, Allen. I'm taking Kyle Allen right now? That's it. Yeah. Like, we're talking about right now. Like, Kyle Allen. Kyle like, Allen. I don't know. Like, Actually, bro, I think he has like one you pick, just said, yeah, we have the worst O in the league. Yeah, outside of outside of Miami, who's actively trying to lose ballgames. And I mean, like we said, we've we've beat it up a ton. The O line's in trouble. We got we we we're shaking some things up. Kyle Long's on the IR. Great. We'll talk about that. Thank you for everything. Um, Time but yeah, it's it's five, but we could easily be nine. Yeah. Like if the Bears played Philly, which we do play coming so up, we could we could we're gonna lose, play these guys. Yeah, we could lose some of these games, but on a neutral field, if we played the Cowboys, Philly, well. 
Remember Dallas is Fuck. coming. Dallas is coming to Soldier Field in December. They don't want any part of that. So I'm yeah, not worried no, about that. I, yeah. I get yeah, it, but yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm gonna say five, but it could be it could be easily slimmer than that. Yeah. So, stay tuned. I got. I got. I can't say that we're better than a team that's won four straight ball games and has some semblance of an offense. Christian McCaffrey is is and, real and has the MVP. He's potentially, real deal. he's a real deal. Christian McCaffrey's the best white running back since ever, ever <laughs> <laughs> of all time. Of all th- <laughs> Shit, Mike Allstott. Mike, shout out Mike Allstott, Joliet no, Catholic. Is he's he a the fullback. best white running back of all time? Um, this is live, folks. Is is Christian McCaffrey Man. the best white running back? Yo, of all time? who was that white dude from Boise State that started one game for the Bears and rushed for 144 yards? I remember the number exactly. Oh. 144 yards, two touchdowns. Brock. Brock. Uh, Forzy. Brock Forzy. Was that his name? Brock Forzy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. hey, Brock Forzy is the best white running back of all time. <laughs> <laughs> 144 yards and two touchdowns. If I'm right on on that number that it was a buck 44, somebody on the chat look that up. Hold on. I promise you, it was a buck 44 and two touchdowns. Yo, we thought I'll we had I'll never a, forget it, bro. It's like the Brock Mortal Kombat blood Bears code. I'll never game. forget Let's that shit. Let's see what comes up. A buck 44 and two tutties? Yeah. Wait. Was it a buck? Oh, man. He was number 44. Yeah, I think it. Hold was on. Was it a buck 44 and two tutties, right? I'm trying to tell you. The Brock Forzy game. Never did nothing in the league after that. Against Arizona, Forzy carried the ball 27 times for 134 yards. Oh, 134. And a touchdown. Oh, and one touchdown. Caught two passes for 27 yards. Okay. Bears went on to win 20, uh, 28 to 3. Uh, the Brock Forzy game. Yo, Brock Forzy's a legend in this town. Never has to pay for a meal in Chicago Shout ever again Brock in his life. Bro. I completely forgot about the Brock that. Forzy game. Yeah, Brock, <laughs> Brock Forzy is the best white running back of all time. No, I think Christian McCaffrey might be the best white running back of all time. Of all time. Yeah, without a doubt. I'm trying to think of who he's even in. What Zonka? Uh, Neil Anderson is that the dude who's played for the Bears? What was what? No, he was black from was, Northwestern. Was he black? Neil Anderson's light skinned uh, dog. Oh, fall, bro. Come on, the bro. TVs was old back in the day, guy. <laughs> <laughs> Danny Woodhead. Come on, bro. <laughs> um, what Larry Zonka, right? Larry's is that the Dolphins? Isn't he a Hall of Famer? Probably. Yeah, he was on the so far Dolphins or the time. Redskins. I don't even Might have been the Redskins. Man. Christian McCaffrey is the best white running back of all time. Now, you know who it is? It's, uh, what's that dude's That's name? Go with. Oh, what's that dude's name that used to play for a new team every week way back in the day? One of those old school players. Newt Rockney or some shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> Newt Rockney might have something to say about this. Yeah, shout Newt out Christian Rockney. McCaffrey, though, man. The way that we the way that we feel about black quarterbacks, y'all should feel about Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, absolutely. The white bro. running white back, White people bro. should be white people should life. be like, That's the white running back club. <laughs> Every white person that's a football fan and an offensive fan should have a Christian should McCaffrey, McCaffrey joint. Like, that's without a doubt. We should get Eli's son a baby McCaffrey Who joint. Were, uh, someone, <laughs> someone was talking to me about um, the best. Uh, it was like we talked about something about the best quarterbacks in the league being black. 
and then the best running back in the league is white. Like, yeah. when has that ever happened in the yeah. history of the world? It's like it when like Chris never. Rock, Chris Rock had that joke. He's like, you know, the world is fucked up when the best rapper is white. He was talking about yeah. Eminem. Then, the yeah. best golfer is black. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing. And two sisters from Compton dominate tennis. Dominate tennis, right? <laughs> that's exactly right. Bro. Yeah, your world going crazy. Exactly yeah. right. <laughs> best quarterback in the league: Mahomes, Russell, Deshaun Watson. Yeah. And the best running back in the well, league. Well, I mean, white. hold on. Tom Brady. Yeah, he's up there. He's not I don't think he's better than any of those three right now. If one if I have one game, I'm still taking Tom. Yeah, probably. It's sure. it's just not even a question at this for point sure. in time. I just need a win. Cut it out. Figure out. Two, two 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 rushing touchdowns this week. <laughs> that was crazy 12, on Thursday. Yeah, two rushing Come touchdowns. On, you know, QB sneak you Brady. Know what dog. It is. You already know. Dude, apparently he's his conversion percentage on QB sneaks is like ninety five percent on yeah, the first it's crazy. down. Yeah. Well, the QB sneak in general is way more successful than yeah. Like it, 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 it should if it's well, a short short yardage. He's also like QB six six. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. All right, let's switch to the NBA. Tip off is next Tuesday, I believe. Mm-hmm. Next week, seven days away. Who opens the season? Do you know off the top? Uh, of your I'm head? not sure. Probably the Lakers and somebody. I think it's yeah. the Lakers and Clips, isn't it? Or Lakers and Rockets. Well, it's it's always big time Western Conference teams. But. Give me, what are you most excited about, least excited about, and then we'll get into this mid-range, when are the Bulls going to be relevant, what makes them relevant, and we'll go from there. We I mean, away. obviously, with all the changes that happened, I mean, the whole the whole offseason was crazy. That two-week period of player movement was unlike anything we've ever seen before. So what I'm most excited about is probably um, – I'm I'm actually excited to watch Houston with this Russ and James Harden. Like, non-Bull stories, Russ and James Harden uh, type situation. Right behind that, I'm excited to see Kawhi with the Clippers. I'm excited to see the Clippers dominate. I feel like the, when you look at that roster defensively, the Clippers are going to be a major issue for teams. You got Pat Bev, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard sharing the floor. Like, those are three dog defenders, right? Like, Pat Beverly is the definition of a dog, right? Like, all heart just will bring it to you every single game. You know what you're getting from Pat Bev. You add two supremely skilled defenders in Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Like, yo, the points don't matter. How much that team scores doesn't matter. You have never had that two two perimeter defenders that good on the same team. Like, if you were to look at it like last year when he was healthy, top perimeter defenders in the NBA, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. 1A, 1B. Pick who you want. Name me a better better perimeter defenders than maybe Giannis, but Giannis man-to-man, it's a little bit different. Like, those guys are man-to-man, lockdown defenders. Bro, we know what time it is in the NBA in the playoffs. It's guards, and you need perimeter D. And you need perimeter D. Simple, yeah. but yeah. And sure. Paul George is, is the ultimate second banana. His whole, that, that is, he is, if you could pick, like, yo, I want the best, like, Number I mean, two player I could get. Scott, where, who's the new age Scottie Pippen is Paul George? Paul George. If he yeah. stays healthy, it's like, yeah, he doesn't need to take all the shots. He's cool being that, but he's going to play D. He can play make a little bit. He's unselfish. And you just put him with that boy Kawhi, and you got uh, Harold. You got fucking uh, – uh, You got Lou that can get you a bucket. Lou is a, a, we need to have our bucket getter show. But, again, I've already told you what the sixth man of the year award is called. It's the Jamal Crawford, Lou Williams, Williams honorary 
award of yeah. the year, whatever. Like, give it to Lou. The Benchman Award. The Benchman yeah. Award. <laughs> Six man, like Lou yeah. Will. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, is a walking bucket. So if the offense does get stale, you can throw him into any situation. We should do he gets it. buckets wherever. We need to we'll get a, bucket, a bucket, get, getter show. bucket getter bucket show. Bucket getter segment. Yeah. And there has to be some rules. Like if you're a bucket getter, you can't be like, oh, well, KD, like, yeah, we get it. Yeah, he's a bucket getter. Yeah, but he's just this a bucket getter. Yeah. But like it's like the ultimate bucket getters of like this guy's not an all-star. The, mi- the middle tier bucket The middle tier bucket getters. That you could call on for a bucket, but not to hey, win you, you a You know game. who it might be? Carson Edwards. Bucket getter. Buckets. What does he do? I get buckets. I'll get a bucket. Can you play D? No, buckets. I can get you a bucket, though. You need a bucket? Can I get you a bucket? Here, let me give you this. A bucket. <laughs> so, like, those dudes, Eddie House, Sun Devil, legend, bucket. bucket getter. Here's a bucket. Nate Robb used to get buckets in abundance. Would just CJ McCollum fall on that list? See, like, I, so that's funny. I was having this argument with myself the other day. Like, I was thinking about, like, we need this bucket getter shit. McCollum's never been an all-star. But he is in that upper echelon of players. He might be, like the the top of that yeah i feel like he his, he's a bucket yeah he is a bucket but like not like like lou will is a bucket bro <laughs> you know what i mean like <laughs> he's a bucket like ben gordon in like the two years he was really good was a bucket you know what i mean like it's got to be those guys who like i think like the ultimate version of it would be like mellow like if you look at mellow like what what, what kind of player was carmelo anthony i don't know he, he just was able to put he the ball in the basket bucket. yeah he gets you a bucket put the ball in the basket i'm not really sure he wasn't a shooter not necessarily he's not a post-up guy not necessarily he would just put ball in basket at an extremely high level but then you have those guys that fall under that you're rudy gay rudy gay gets some buckets from here and from here and there like those dudes are just able, and you know what's to get funny buckets, about the, the the saying bucket getter it tends to lean towards jump shots yeah like when you think of bucket getters, you think of like a dude pulling up for a for a jumper, like right. a bucket, like going to the rim. You know, he's not really a bucket getter, right? You know what I'm saying? Right. Even though it's the same thing, but yeah, it's a dude. But I also that dude that can score in, in a wide array of ways. Yeah, isn't necessarily great at anything, right. but is awesome at putting ball in basket. Yeah, like we just need points, man. By Fuck the offense. Right. Forget what I'm drawing up over here. Just and that's what Lou Williams does. He's like, oh, second quarter, okay. Ben Gordon, yeah, you know, ultimate bucket getter. Bucket getter. Bucket. I can get you a bucket. Give I don't know how me. I'm going to get it to you. I don't know how. I can't I'm gonna dribble. Get you a I can't pass. Just give me the rock. I'll get you a bucket. If there's a will, <laughs> there is a way. I will find the bucket. I'll get you a bucket. Yo, bro. we are going to do that. That's the commitment to the people out there. We are going to put together the, the ultimate bucket, bucket ultimate list. bucket getters list of current NBA players. When it's like, hey. All else fails. I need someone just put the ball in the basket. Just let me get a bucket. I just, I just, just need. And again, you can't say KD. There's too much skill involved in yeah, that. Exactly. I heard one. I forget what NBA player it was that they were talking about this, and he's like, "Yo, y'all don't understand. Like, being able to get buckets at will is a true NBA skill." Yeah, no doubt. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. not relying on sets or pick and rolls or any of that stuff. Just like, hey, any playground on earth. Catch a I guess James is the ultimate bucket. Game. Yeah, but he's almost on because he's, he's the cheat going because he's going solo at people. He's the cheat code. Yeah, but then again, he's also he's an MVP, so it's like we get it. Yeah, I hope y'all are following along out there. Yeah, the it's got to be science. one of these guys that is just liable to go. Like if you were to hear that this player had thirty, it wouldn't surprise you. Like yeah, even but, when we talk about Carson Edwards today with eight threes, it's like oh yeah, he's what he doesn't get exactly right. <laughs> yeah, that's he's the, wet. That's yeah. the definition yeah. of a bucket yeah. getter. He doesn't get 30 all the time, but if you heard he got 30, you wouldn't be surprised. It was like when Jamal Crawford used to have those random 50-point games. I think Jamal Crawford has had 50 on four different teams. Like, he's played for eight teams on four of them. He put up 50. Yeah. Like, he put up 50 like three years ago. He was like 40 years old. So, like, but at no point are you surprised. If Jamal Crawford got 50, is he still playing? 
If he is still playing, if he comes back to the league this year and he gets 50, I would not be surprised. Like, yeah, of course. What do you mean? Yeah, he's bucking. He was on. (laughs) (laughs) He was on that day. Yo, opening night is Tuesday, and you were right. They start with uh, Pelicans-Raptors because Raptors got to get their rings, and then it's Lakers-Clippers. At night, TNT. I can't wait to see Shaq. That's gonna uh, be great. Barkley, the Jet. That's gonna be great. And the boys. So, uh, so yeah, yeah that'll I be mean, great. that's what I'm looking forward to, man. Just some of that player movement and seeing these teams at the top. I really, truthfully, I'm also looking forward to a season where it's not like a foregone conclusion that the Warriors are gonna win. Well, yeah, for for sure. Yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. biggest thing, that's right the there. Biggest you thing. don't know who's gonna win the NBA championship. That Will picture you pull is hard. This up for me, that picture is hard. New New Sports Illustrated cover season NBA season preview. <clears throat> that picture is hard, right? That picture is super tough. Got James and Russell. The reboot. Russell, James coming back together in Houston. I agree with you, bro, and I'm on the same page. That's the most exciting. That's the most. If I'm going to look at something and be excited about it, and want something to succeed, it's the Rockets. It's the Rockets, yeah. I'm excited to see what happens with that. You, you can pull I think before yeah. I hated Chris Paul so much. I didn't hate him. I just I, – I dislike him. So it's just like whatever. But, like, yeah, I love Russ. I obviously love James, the Sun Devil, Jerry. Um, so, you know. The biggest thing is that I haven't heard too much talk about it not working. But Russell – wants to be there it's not one of those forced things where he's he feels like i'm gonna be out shine i'm not gonna get my shot yeah. it's like yo I'm let's try to, to make this work i'm happy to be hey, here why not why not let's <laughs> why to, not let's try to get this done right but ever tell you when i used to see harden on campus uh-uh he used to drive around on campus with a with like one of those debo style beach cruisers and yeah. a backpack with no books shout backpack out just shout empty, out James. Flat. and was a bucket in college all day, teams never did shit with him on it, but uh, you knew he you knew he was a gamer. And the Same Rockets, type game too. The Rockets are just fun to watch yeah. too. It's shoot they exclusively shoot threes and go to the basket. Yeah. Mid range does not exist. It's just the new age. It's cool to watch the new age, the evolution of something, and they're at the forefront of that. Yeah, so they're going to be fun to watch. Russell's going to be fun to watch. They might be looking for a new GM, but they'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> 1B for me. I want to see uh, Zion, Morant, the rookies. Morant has the opportunity to do some crazy things in Memphis because he's going to have, he's going to run light, the light. The team. light will be so green. Oh my God. <laughs> you know what I mean? Marshall Henderson, green light. Literally, Marshall. <laughs> Marshall Henderson, Yo, green light. What is Yo, Marshall Henderson? I'll never forget doing? that during that tournament run, LeBron James tweeted out, Marshall Henderson has the greenest light I've ever seen in my life. Green. What, you, what is Marshall Henderson doing right Getting now? Getting buckets. Is he, you think he's in Europe somewhere? Yeah, he's somewhere getting shooting 35% from the field, getting buckets, not giving a fuck. Oh, man. The guy was a bucket. Wow, go if, if if you don't know who we're talking about, you're not a you're not a true hoops fan. Mississippi anyway. State, what team was he? Mississippi, Ole Miss, Ole Miss. Yeah. You need to go uh, go look up Marshall. Like three Henderson. or four years ago, Marshall wild Henderson, boy. wild boy. You know how we say wild <laughs> <Yeah>. boy? Green, <laughs> pull up with no conscience. Wild boy, wild boy. Marshall Henderson. Up. Yeah, yeah. 
Because Morant's going to be able to do anything he wants in yep. Memphis. So that's going to be interesting. And they got a nice little young core, him, Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah. Nice little young players Same thing right with there. Morant and those boys down there in uh, New Orleans. So that was my, like, what I'm least looking forward to. Really interesting. Talk not because that. I'm not intrigued by that team because yeah. I like Lonzo. I like Brandon Ingram. I yeah. like Zion, obviously. But I'm just, I don't want, like. Just like the fact that, like when I watch Sports Center, it's twenty minutes of Zion preseason highlights, which I already knew going into it. I just there's so many other stories in the league that is not the one that grabs me, but I feel like it's going to be force fed down my throat. Ah, interesting. Okay. For, you know, and again, like I'm I'm cool with it. I understand Zion's excited and all that, but I'm really when I look at New Orleans, I'm more like, yo, can Lonzo, you know, fix his career? Because you know, I was huge on Lonzo coming out, and I still am. I think that was just a bad situation. Talk about a bad situation to get drafted into. You he's he, he's going to be on that uh, D'Angelo. D'Angelo Russell too. D'Angelo Russell was, went from bum to max player. Get out of a new spot. Get out of a new spot. Get, in a new get away from your dad who's wild. Go as far on the opposite side of the country that you can go. Yeah, that's go, interesting. Go and not be in the bright lights of L.A. I think it's hard to play at the crib. I really think it's hard to play at the crib, man. Like, I think you want to go somewhere and be uncomfortable and establish yourself and force yourself to, like, now nah, I'm in the gym, I'm uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Like, I, all I'm thinking about is uh. basketball. You get drafted to the crib with all that noise around you. You can tell his dad was driving him crazy with the whole shit. I mean, the, the, the circus around Shooting him. reality show. The reality the show. All that. all that type of stuff, man. He can't escape this dude's shadow. This dude's throwing the coach under the bus. It just creates a bad situation. Not to mention that whole Lakers situation, as we know and as we saw, was not a good situation. You got your GM quitting in the press conferences, not telling people, I'm not going to be there. You know, shout out Magic. <laughs> but Yo, Magic. that whole situation was there. crazy. So I think, like, in all that expectation, he's going to go to New Orleans. There's no expectations on him. And combined, there's no expectations. Everybody's looking at Zion. Everyone's written off Lonzo already. Yeah. And he's coming in with the new little jumper. So, yeah, that's a good if point. If he could shoot, that's all that was really missing. Like, Lonzo, if you look at his number, he can rebound. He's obviously a great passer. Yeah. Um, You know, he's a solid defender. He's such a good fit for Zion. Yeah, he is. Bob. If Zion could pick a point, that's a really good one. Yeah. And, because and he's not looking to score. At all. He's trying to facilitate. And he's trying it. to get rid of the ball as fast as possible. If you look at him, he's not like Rondo where he's dribbling all over the place. Like, right. his thing is push the pace, push the pace get, the, get ball the ball out of my, of my hands. hands. Yeah, Yep, sure. into yours. Exactly right. So, I think that they got a nice situation. I like Alan Gentry. Alvin Gentry. Yeah, Alvin. Alvin there. Out, yeah. You know, I think Alvin Gentry's a solid coach, and that's the perfect type of head coach you he want in so that environment. He was so sick during that Anthony Davis shit. He was. He was like, this is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Like, if you're the coach and you're so just like, yo, upset. I can't sit here and throw my best player under the bus and He's I can't so throw my upset. bosses under the bus and I'm just going to sit here and field all these questions all day about why Anthony Davis is playing 20 minutes a night. I don't want to sit around and talk about so this. So is that your least thing you were looking forward to? Zion and... Yeah, the over the overwhelming Zion coverage is the thing I'm looking least forward to about the NBA because, again, the other stories are so... Are, are like, not going to get Yeah, like, attention. when I'm watching these preseason highlights, I'm just like, yo, I care about all the other shit. Yeah, I want to see what this team's going to do. I want to see what that team's going to do. And I don't want to have to have like, it's like the Tebow watch almost. Well, I'm not comparing Zion to Tebow, but you know, like they had to talk about Tebow for 15 minutes per sports center. It's like, I feel like you're going to have to show a whole bunch of Zion highlights. Listen to people break it down. I'm also not looking forward to the, the analysis of every single one of his games. Just let the kid grow. Let him figure out who he is. I understand he's a great talent, but we still don't really know what he is as an NBA player because we've never really seen anything like it. So I'm not looking forward to, like, turn on the jump and it's yeah, going to be 20 over, minutes of Zion was one for 12 last night. Well, guess what? It might happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't want to sit around and talk about that. So it's nothing against Zion. It's just more against I know what the coverage is going to look like. We've been down this path before. How about you? 
I'm least excited about the Utah Jazz. <laughs> I didn't tell you this. <laughs> I I never. This team bores me so much. I don't even know how to explain it. The over under is fifty four wins for them. Well, they won last so year, so they'll be good. Well, they won last year, fifty two, fifty three. I'm not sure. They brought in my man Mike Conley. Though. It was fifty plus. Though. Mike Conley gets a couple wins. Yeah. Um. This team is a snooze fest for me. And they're going to be good, so people are going to be talking about them. I don't want to hear about them at all because I don't think they're, they're, they have a shot to win the title. I, you know what I mean? It's They're going to be a good team, and you know how I get. If I like some of the players on the team, I'll rock with the squad. You don't like I that? don't like any of the players. You don't like Donovan I don't Mitchell? Like the, I, just, I, just don't, I don't want them to get any attention. It's a snooze fest for me. Donovan Mitchell is overrated. This is this is fact. Shoots like forty percent from the field. <laughs> Mike Connolly, great PG. Be, be careful. Snooze fest. Hey, it's a snooze fest. Don't no Shrug. Mike Connolly slander will be tolerated. Mike, Mike Connolly, I like him. Good point guard. Great. Hmm. Great defender. Leader. Gobert is a fucking baby. I don't like him. You don't like the, the so crying about the All Star thing? Like Gobert, uh, like that was that was one of the. I, I it was soft when um. My guy from Portland did it. Which one? Before he started getting the nod every year. Um, Damian Lillard. Yeah, Dame. Remember when Dame wasn't getting the nod and he was like, man, it'd be nice to – he was begging for an all-star slot. Yeah, yeah. I didn't like when he did it, and I definitely don't like when Gobert does it just because I don't like Gobert. He's a a baby. Parlez-vous? They have my second favorite Bogdanovich that they just signed, so – I mean, if you're the second favorite Bogdanovich, then like you know, what I mean, how hard is that? I think, to no, do? I think that I think the other one got 51 million today, right? My boy Bogdan Bogdanovich yeah, got, on Sacramento. Yeah, he got 51 mil. Bro, that's they gave my him 50, dog. They gave him 50, bucket. They gave him 50, bucket. You're a bucket. Bogdan Bogdanovich. <laughs> yeah, if he's you're nice. the second favorite Bogdanovich. You have a problem. So two things on that, real quick. So I'm excited to watch Utah them. Jazz. I'm excited to watch the Utah? Kings. No, the Kings. Oh, the Kings, yeah. 100%. Darren Fox. That's a nice looking squad. No, on the Utah Darren Jazz. Fox, Buddy Hill, so I was in Utah Bob two Dunn. weeks yeah, ago. I watched them all day. I was in Utah two weeks ago. Snooze they fest. love, love Donovan Mitchell. I'm talking about dudes had the Spider Mitchell shoes left and right. They love Donovan. You cannot talk false about Donovan Mitchell. It's like going to the bay and talking bad about E40. You're not. It's not going to end well about for you. It's just like it's just, you're not going to get nobody on your side. You, you, no, you might get stomped out. Spider Mitchell's overrated. He's an inefficient scorer. How about this? Overrated because of of where the media and people have been placing him. People think he's like a savior and he's this and he's that and he's clutch and he, yeah. he can do this and do that. He's the next Dwayne Wade. He's just not there yet. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, like, that's what I mean when I say that. He's a good ball player. I think he's going to continue to get better. But currently, he right now, he's overrated. My, so, Utah Jazz snooze fest. Bro. My only thing with him I, is – That's the least thing I, I'm looking forward to of people talking about they have a real chance uh, to win the West and this, that, and the third and – Listen, I forget his shooting splits, but I no feel like thanks. he gets away with being a very, 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 very inefficient very, player, very inefficient shooter. Yes. Like it is in the 40% range and not on the good side of 40%. Like here, let me see if I can pull this up real quick. But his uh, his shooting is, is is absolutely atrocious as far as the percentage. But yeah, like you said, you're not shot 43% last year. Yeah, you're not going to what, what you shoot from three. 36, so not bad yeah, that's not on bad. seven attempts a game, but he shot 43 from the field, shot 20 attempts a game. 
Yeah, I mean, Gre- so, lightest, lightest green, he, baby. He's, he owns the squad out yeah, there, right? Yeah. I get it. And Connolly will help him. Connolly was a huge signing for them. Yeah. If you want to know what type of player that they really needed, it was a, a steady point guard who's going to bring in that leadership and can take some pressure off of Donovan Mitchell. So I understand why you don't want to watch them as far as them being boring. Um, I definitely get that, but they're going to be good. Snyder's Rubio a good was there coach. last year. Connolly's an improved Rubio. Um, it's, for sure. It's completely so, a different player, yeah. Yeah, no, but I mean, like, they both yeah, can play yeah, deal yeah, on but the you, but you, They you, both facilitate. You took a step up. Right, exactly. And Mike Connolly's going to be motivated, too. Yeah, no doubt. I think he's always motivated, but well, yeah, he and plays he's hard. on a team that's going to be good. Yeah. So, yeah, for yeah, sure. For there's, sure there's reason to be motivated. Remember Mike Connolly at Ohio State with Greg Oden? Yeah, shot, yeah, they were doing Yeah, dude. Of course I do. Uh-huh. National title game. Yep. Of course. Yep. Um... So that's the least thing I'm excited about. I don't want to hear. If I didn't hear about the Utah Jazz all year and they ended up winning 55 games and then lost in the second round, which is exactly what's going to happen, I'd be good. I don't with think that. you're going to hear a crazy amount about them, though. You'll hear about them and you'll have. You know who loves the Utah Jazz? The basketball nerds. Yeah, of course. The they basketball do. nerds love the Jazz. They love Gobert. They love Quinn Snyder. And Snyder's a good coach. Quinn Snyder's up on the analytic game. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So those guys love him. Like, all oh, the Jazz, or, you know, they, they're DPOR. It's amazing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Which brings us to our next topic. Yeah, I thought this was very interesting. I had a conversation last night, and I'm going to ask you the, the question that I talked about last night. And then we'll get into Levine and this mid-range jumper talk that KD had with Matt Moore of the uh, Hollywood the Action Hoops. Network. Oh, is that who it was? Yeah. I thought it was Hoops Paradox. Oh, that's yeah, his, that's Matt Moore. That's oh, that's his, his, that's his, his, oh, that's his name. Okay, I yeah, got yeah. You. Um, for you, what makes the Bulls a relevant team? Because I had the conversation last night, and hold on, let me let me pull it up. Well, relevant to who is what I want to know, but yeah. I saw that. Because I, I, we saw I had a little popcorn yeah, gift come out. Yeah, I was yeah, ready to yeah. go. Because I had a conversation. I don't even know where it's at on my, my yeah, go list. Click on tweets and replies. Tweets and replies. Yeah, because I had a conversation, and essentially it was about what makes the Bulls relevant. Okay, here it is. Because. Well, what does Seamus say? This is where it started. That one Bulls fan tweeted, all the Zach Levine haters, including the ones who are Bulls fans, are going to make quite the turnaround this year, but we'll never forget. Then our guy Seamus, who is, how do you, to people that don't know Seamus, he is a Bulls season ticket holder that just no matter what, has a blindfold on in my opinion, and just, he really wants the Bulls to be good. But doesn't want to blame anyone for how bad they've at, been. At times, we have questions about whether or not Seamus's account is a Garpax uh, yes. burner account. <laughs> exactly. Shout out Seamus, though. You know yeah. what? I'll give him this. Like he backs everything up with with his points. Yeah, he doesn't just blow out smoke yeah, out no, there. He, he, like, has, he, has, he will give you a good basketball he has conversation. A, and, like, it, no doubt. Can, has the ability to kind of sway you a bit. So I'll give him that. So he said this. Don't forget about those bloggers slash fans leading the charge, and the Bulls won't be relevant again until Garpax is fired. The backpedaling has already begun. And we've had conversations with him before. He's for sure including us in the bloggers. So, and he was, because I responded to that. Fans. And I go, my feet are firm, firmly planted. I'm not yeah. backpedaling. He goes, I wasn't necessarily talking about you. Yeah, he might have been talking about he me. He might have been on your Th- ass. That's so. fun. <laughs> the biggest thing that jumped out to me was relevant again. Yeah. Like when the Bulls are relevant again. So the question for, and, and I'll start. 
The question was, okay, then let me, can I have your definition of being relevant? The response was playoff contending team with multiple all-stars, multiple one to three year players with significant growth potential and a path to signing a superstar talent in the near future and top 10 on Zach Lowe's NBA pass rankings. I think that might've been a little bit of a joke, but my response was, no, that's Zach Lowe actually does have an NBA league. No, 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 I'm rank. saying, yeah. but like, I think at the end, he like obviously. That oh yeah, mean, yeah, like, he's not, he's not saying that's like, the crux right, right, of his right. argument. Yeah, we actually pull this up. So, my response was, we have all star talents, but Boylan and Co. needs to put them in a position to become actual all stars. And then, so essentially, we're pushing. So if we're pushing forty wins, and Zach Lowe wants to watch us. That makes us relevant. Stop it. Our standards should be higher than that. Pure point blank. And if you can follow along and you can read through the, the rest of the thread. But what I'm saying is that relevant. The Bulls were relevant when we were lead, when we were leading the East in wins every year with Tibbs. And we were making big noise and actually had a real shot to compete with LeBron in the Eastern Conference Finals. That's relevant. Us being fun to watch and having young talent and then dreaming that we get the shot at possibly you can flip it back and and dreaming that we possibly have a shot at getting a superstar makes us relevant no nah, bro our standards should be higher than that this is the chicago bulls bro this is our problem that's what gets me fired up relevant is being a top two or three, four team in the East, like the Sixers, Boston, having a real shot to go to the Eastern Conference Finals, that's relevant. Where are our standards at? That's the issue so, here. <clears throat> you feel me? I see where you're coming from as far as the use of the word relevant and, and relevant to who, right? Relevant to the mainstream? Like, no, I don't really think so. We're not at that point yet relevant to you know a playoff picture no i don't really think we're at that point for me i can say that this year and this hasn't been the case the last couple years they are relevant to me as a fan because i have some level of excitement about watching the bulls this year which as you know last year no one murdered guard packs more than i did i've been on the fire guard packs train i am still on the fire guard packs train I do not believe that in the grand scheme of things compared to the rest of the landscape of the NBA, the Bulls are relevant again. With that being, however, with that being said, <laughs> with, with, shout out Stephen A. Yeah. Um, with that being said, I do believe and I do give them some credit for some of the moves that they've made, right? Turning uh, Jabari Parker into Otto Porter Jr., who can be a solid player in this league, move. was a very good move. Signing Sadoransky was a really good move, right? If Markkanen go takes get the, your Sadoransky, yeah, he's now, a baller. He's going to play gonna for the like Bulls. You're going to love him a lot. Yeah, uh, Lori Markkanen going into year three, I think is going to be really good, right? I'm excited about that. If Wendell Carter can stay healthy, which is a big if, I'm excited about that. Levine. I don't know if it's the media selling me on Zach Levine or if it's Zach Levine selling me on Zach Levine. People, yeah, I mean, but there's some part of me that's kind of bought in because he's just talking different right now and he seems like he's really ready to step up and take that role. So with all that, that to me makes the Bulls relevant to me watching because last year, second half of the year, I just was not watching the games. 
I moved on to other NBA teams. I said, I'm not going to put myself through this. I cannot watch this. I can't watch Robin Lopez post-ups for the rest of my life. It's going to kill me. So they are back relevant to me. So as far as the conversation that we'll be having here this year around the Bulls, it'll probably be a little bit different than what it was in years past. Because, again, we would just come on every week, murder them for 10 minutes, and move the fuck on to somebody else because there was way better stories. So I believe that the Bulls have some good storylines. I said it yesterday on the thing. I can kind of see the forest through the trees, which I could not see before. But I'm not ready like everybody else to jump on this playoff bandwagon with the Bulls because I I don't know if there are – if we are better than that many teams in the East, right? I don't. I think that there are eight teams that are better than the Chicago Bulls in the East. We don't have the list right in front of us, but I do believe that that is a, a bigger hurdle for people for them to climb than people are saying. Also, I do not believe in our coach. I just don't. I don't believe in our coach, right? I've heard some things about some of the things that he's even read doing. Some things, this, heard read some, some things, things, heard some things, like whatever. I know some we can't talk about, but like craziness, right? So like, um. I'm not on board with with him, you know what I'm saying? And I'm not on board with Garpak's pos- – or I am fearful of them doing something else stupid. But I will say this. The moves that they made last year and this offseason were fine with me. They were solid moves. They made the best out of a bad situation. I didn't necessarily hate the Porter deal in the moment, and I don't hate it now. I understand that $20 million is a big number, but when you look at the max deals are around $41, $42 million. He's getting half of what a max player is going to get right now. I can take that. He's a solid small forward in the NBA. But I'm not he ready to crown. twenty, but yeah, here, 20 25 million. Maybe 26, maybe 27. <laughs> it's in the yeah, 20. He's, not, it's, getting, he's it's, not getting 30 million. Like, I think it's like 26 or 27. Great. But Solomon yeah. Hill's getting like 20 million a year. So, I mean, Jan Mahinemi's getting 20 million a year. So, I mean, you can do a lot worse than paying him that kind of money. Um, and again, there is a semblance of a core and a plan. My problem with them last year was what? No transparency, no plan, right? Two years ago, you bring in Dwayne Wade for whatever fucking reason you yeah. decide to bring in Dwayne Wade. Right. Um, Talks about that in the Twitter. The Rondo too. situation, yeah. whatever it might Shout be. Shout out my right? boy. You, you dick around with Jimmy Butler, all that stuff, right? So that was the stuff that really bothered me. Then you give Fred Hoiberg no clear direction and you fire him in the middle of the season. And you know that we hated Fred Hoiberg. We are not Hoiberg people. But I thought how they did Fred was super dirty. Yeah. If you want the man to tank, then tell him, hey, you need to go tank. Right. Um, and then you extend this guy, this Boylan character, 2.0, who I also don't agree with. Yeah. But as far as player personnel, it's not like there's a bunch of scrubs. So they're relevant to me in the conversations that I'll be having, but they're not relevant on the national scene. I don't know if I could use relevant to me. I'm going to watch. I'm excited to watch. That's more than you can yeah, say. Yeah, that's more than I can ago. say. We'll, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. Your point on Zach Levine, I think it's interesting because you just feel good going into the year about Zach, right? You do. I think part of that is last year – he showed that he worked hard to get back from the knee. Yeah. He showed that he, you know, he was locked in. He was working it's out. Like 30 Articles games. We're he was talking like about four points a game. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So he showed you that he, he wants to be better. He wants to be great. Right. So that's kind of why I agree with you. And I feel the same way going into the year about Levine. So we'll see how that shakes. But that's the perfect segue to go into Levine and this mid range jumper conversation. That is super interesting. Pull me up really quick. On uh, what's that show? What's it? The called? jump. The jump. Hoops only. Shout out shout Rachel. Out, shout out Rachel. Um, 
They talked about Zach Levine talked about shooting mid-range jumpers. The Bulls essentially want Zach to stop shooting mid-range jumpers. Here, uh, here's the clip, and we'll go over it. Bulls analytics department wants Zach Levine to either shoot threes or attack the rack based on their calculations and trends across the league. Levine said he's willing to accept their advice, but push back a little bit on the notion of what a good shot is. Here is what Levine told the Chicago Sun-Times, quote, I grew up being a fan of Michael Jordan, a Kobe Bryant fan. I think the mid-range is a lost art now because everyone is moving toward the threes and the analytics. I understand that because of how it looks and how it sounds like it makes sense, but sometimes there's nothing better than putting the ball in your best playmate hands and letting him get the shot he needs rather than the one you want and I have long said this as we have covered the sport for long enough that we've seen like the mid-range the mid-range no no the lost art of the mid-range the whole cornucopia there yes three is more than two two is more than zero so if you got the two-point <laughs> shot and you can take it and it goes in you flip it back so essentially Zach's like I get it but I'm listening, but I'm not. I'm I'm hearing you, right? But I'm not listening all the way right. with that. Like I get it. You want me to shoot less less long twos and more threes, and that's a bucket. Analytics says to do that, but I'm not just going to completely remove that from my game. Listen to this. Levine. So Levine shot 37 percent from three last year, 36 percent from mid range. So that's I mean, do the math, right? Mm-hmm. The Bulls were 21st in the league from 8 to 16 feet, 14.31%. 19th from 16 to 24 at 10%. And then the average shot distance was 12 feet, which was last in the league. So, how do you feel about that? The average shot distance for the Bulls was 12 feet. So, those are the shortest shots in the league the Bulls were taking? So, it's a little, that's a little... I would like to see what the Rockets is because obviously it might be a little deeper because they're shooting more it's threes, threes but they're also getting layups too. So it's a little, yeah, it was all those roll yeah. jump hooks that were killing the bulls. Right. <laughs> but, um, those are the numbers there. How do you feel about the whole mid range conversation and the analytics versus not? And then we'll bring up that thread uh, that Katie got into it with Matt Moore about. Listen, man, um, I, I'll say this in any sport that it comes down to, football, basketball, baseball, whatever sport you want to apply the analytics for, there is 100% a time and place for them. I think when you're talking about, like, overall philosophy and things like that, you have to use the numbers, right? Like, that data matters, right? That that's, it, it tells a story, but it does not tell the whole story. So one of the things that I thought that KD said was interesting, it's like, you have dudes literally passing up wide open mid-range jump shots to kick it out to someone to shoot a contested three. Yeah. That's that is over understanding the rule, right? Over understanding the numbers saying, "Hey, the three is so important, we would rather take contested fall away threes than wide open mid-range." Okay, yeah, let me pull that up. Pull this yeah. up really quick for me. Um So, to to give a little context on what you're talking about, Matt Moore, Action Network NBA writer, he uh at Twitter on HP Basketball. Here's a thread. So he essentially quoted the video we saw and said, Rachel mentions it's it's a good shot if it goes in and a bad shot if it doesn't. But you don't know that, obviously, until you shoot it. Zach Levine was 36% on mid-range last year, 37% from three, which we just talked about. 
if you're shooting 50% from two, and then and 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 if you're shooting 50% from mid-range, then that's okay, essentially, is what he's saying. One point per possession is good. Yeah. But when that starts to dip, that's when it gets counterproductive. KD jumped in the conversation. Sometimes it's just the open shot. Why pass up a wide open look to shoot a, to shoot a semi-contested shot? Uh, Matt Moore goes on. When is it in the shot clock? I'm not saying, hey, if there's two seconds left on the clock, still back it up. You can go look at the thread and you can read it on the screen there. But essentially, like you were saying, he was saying, I just think that sometimes the analytics goes a little overboard and people are forcing threes instead of they can get a, a very good look from two. Right. Now, I think it's interesting. You can pull this down. I think it's interesting because in the regular season, this is where I lean. In the regular season, shoot no mid-range jumpers. Shoot all threes and go to the basket like Houston. It's fine. The analytics prove it's very successful. When it gets to playoff basketball. Yeah, take them open looks, Doug. It's just a different game. It's a bro. different game. If you go out there and run, like Mike D'Antoni's revolutionary ahead of his time, et cetera, et cetera. Not a, not a ton of playoff success. Not a ton of playoffs. He, he doesn't have any rings. Yeah. Put it like that. Yep. When it gets to the playoffs and you got to get a bucket, it's just completely different. The game is different. Yeah. See CJ McCollum last year in the playoffs. He absolutely went crazy shooting mid-range jumpers. Yeah. Because it was there for him. Kawhi in the finals. Loves him. Buried Golden State yeah, shooting mid-range mid jumpers. jumpers. Yep. So like at a high a clip, it's a completely different game in the playoffs. So Dude, lock Tony, in all Tony you want. Parker for years in the playoffs was the mid-range god. Built a million-dollar crib in San Antonio <laughs> off shooting mid-range mid jumpers. jumpers. Never bothered shooting threes. So I get it. I get the analytics lean more towards. I was reading before I hopped we, uh, before we hopped on. Houston shot four. If it wasn't a three or a layup, the mid range they shot four percent mid range jump yeah. shots. Yeah, that's insane. Crazy. Four percent. Probably all Chris Paul of their shot. Yeah, exactly. We're 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 long twos. Yeah. So I get it, and I'm with it, and a lot of the analytical stuff is very interesting to me. I'm not an analytics guy, but I try to. You know, I'm trying to get smart, yeah. read up, and, and pull what I can out of it. You can't deny But I'm going to tell you this, bro. In the playoffs, I've seen like, that whole shooting threes and only layups. It just doesn't work. Yeah. It hasn't worked. Dude, you need to have – so if you're – and it's like you can't It has be, worked for Golden State, but they're different animals. Whole, but, yeah. I mean, look at who they're trotting out there. Right, exactly. Um, so, yeah. Stop – yeah, when people are trying to make, make oh, look at Golden State, they shoot a right. bunch of threes. Well, they have two, I just wanted to make that clear before someone jumped in my, my mentions about Golden State. two of the State. best four shooters of all time are on their team, and they also had Kevin Durant for a while, who's maybe the most devastating offensive player we've ever seen in the NBA. So, stop it. Um, or complete, as far as you know what I'm saying. But – you got to – it's it's both. You can't be, like, so far on the analytics side that you're like, nah, fuck a gut feeling. That but you can't like be – you're, you're not even watching the game. But you can't thing. be such an old head that you're like, nah, screw the analytics. You right. have to meet somewhere in the middle. But I would almost say more gut than analytics, right? 
Um, and again, that might just be me being an old guy. I love when KD posted that. When yeah, he said a gift. Because he's like, why are you sending me a graph during right. a basketball conversation? Right. I 100% agree with that, too. KD's not trying to read all that. Um, but at the same time, man, I mean, I feel like you have to react in the moment, right? And if in the moment you have a wide-open mid-range jumper and you're someone who's hitting it, like you said Kawhi was, like you said CJ McCollum was, why would you not take those? You got to take what the defense gives you in the playoffs. If the defense is giving you mid-range, you can sit there and knock those down and you're shooting 50% on mid-range? Absolutely. And, and Levine said in an article, he said, when it's you know, when we need to get a basket or something, I, I know what I'm going to go to. Yeah. He's going to go to his most confident shot, which, yeah. which right now maybe one-on-one with a, a two-dribble pull-up mid-range, pull yeah. right? So that's the thing, like especially in the playoffs, like I've been hammering. Yeah. If you need a bucket – and your best shot is a is a is a long two. Take it. Go get a bucket. If it's wide open, right? Go yeah. get a basket. Like that's simple as what that. What they're saying is the long two misses are more impactful than the three misses. Exactly. And it's like I think you're really. And then at that point, it's like okay, but you miss more threes, right? So doesn't that create more possessions for the def- for the the other team? Unless you're great at offensive rebounding. <laughs> yeah, I mean, essentially, it's all the waiting and the number. Right. I get it. I right. get it. I understand what they're saying. 100%. Fundamentally, I understand what they're trying to say. And again, your, your numbers. You, the other thing with numbers is you can manipulate numbers anyway to tell what kind of story you want to tell, I feel like, sometimes. So take it with a bit of a grain of salt. Take the mid-range if it's open. Like you said, in the playoffs, you got to take what's given to you. If the defense is leaving you open for mid-range and you're a good enough shooter, you should be able to knock those down, get your two points, and maybe then they'll start playing you a little bit tighter. You can back up and hit the three. Right. Or, you know, take them to the cup. Do whatever. But, yeah. NBA starts next week. It's going to be fire. Yep. I'm ready. Let's close it out with the LeBron talk. Me and you already had a little conversation about this earlier. I'm not even going to recap the situation. LeBron had some comments about Maury. And I think a little bit of the confusion came when LeBron. LeBron was saying he didn't like the timing. Not necessarily he didn't like what he he did. I think he meant. He didn't disregard the support. Yeah. He said, yo, man, we're over here. It's a lot of NBA folks over here. And you're and you're putting us in a bad spot. Yeah. Tweeting something like that while we're out here. Well, and also when you think he said he wasn't educated on the situation, I think what LeBron tried to clarify is I think he wasn't educated on the ramifications of saying what he was gonna say. A lot of people took that as, oh, he wasn't educated on the situation in China. He should be pro China. He was saying, no, he wasn't educated on how the ramifications of it to say something like this right with that being said and again i see a lot of people out here killing lebron and i think a lot of that is people and i told you this in the group message earlier people on their high horses say well lebron needs to step up and do this and it's like look that's so easy to say when it's not you in that position but people are about self-preservation and LeBron's money in China is very long. And we talk about his money after he finishes playing basketball because his number one source of income is going to be from Nike. Sneakers, Nike yeah. needs him to have that relationship in China. They didn't sign him to a lifetime contract so he can just be big in the United States of America. They need him big on China. And he's looking at that. Also, LeBron, as the most vis- not only the most visible NBA player, the most visible athlete in the world, right? Hands down, the most popular athlete in the world what he says has an impact. And if he says something that's going to impact the NBA's bottom line, right? Because if that China money gets pulled out, these people have already shown, they don't give a fuck. We'll just cancel the NBA. 
If you lose yeah. that kind of money, that's $1.5 billion dollar TV catch deal. you watching it, we're putting you in jail. putting you in jail. <laughs> I ain't watching that shit. I'm going to watch Yo, y'all. I'm watching the NBA? I'm going to watch Stephon Marbury. Oh, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Get the so on this he day. has the responsibility of, like, look, if that money gets pulled out, that basketball-related income, which is what is used to determine the salary cap, and that money turns into real dollars outside of players' pockets – that's irresponsible by LeBron James. It might not matter to his max salary, but it matters to the mid-tier guys, right? If you lose the salary cap, they said the salary cap would have dropped by 15 to 20 million per team. That is a substantial amount of money. That's a million dollars per guy on average, right? If not more. That matters. So he can't just be irresponsible and going around fucking it up for everybody. I think he, you know, regardless, man, like, Put yourself in his shoes. It's so easy to sit there and armchair quarterback it and say, this is what I would have done. Well, guess what? You're not staring down the barrel of losing your future earnings. You're not staring down the barrel of impacting other people's money, right? Um, it's so easy to say, well, let's do the right thing. Like, no, nah, man, it's not that simple. It's not that simple. And it's not him being a sellout. It's not him bowing down to his millions of dollars. He has a legacy to protect, and he has the responsibility of being sometimes a spokesperson for the other players. And the league doesn't want this. Just like Silver. You wonder why Adam Silver isn't coming out and saying anything about it, and Adam Silver is shown to be a pretty progressive guy and a guy who cares about social issues. You know why? Because he's the CEO of a major company, and his job is to make that company money. And going out against China is not going to make his company any money. It's going to lose his company's money. All these people forget about business and say, let's do the right thing. I'll be a martyr. Like, no, you won't. There are very few martyrs among us. There are very few people who are going to fall on that sword among us. They'll all say it on Twitter. They'll all say it on TV. But they won't come out in front and say, hey, look, how many of us want to go into our job and tell our boss, fuck you? Because it's the right thing to do. But you won't do it. Yeah. You won't do it. And I'm not saying I want to say it to anybody I work for. You guys are great. But <laughs> I'm just saying, right? Like, it's the right thing to do, right? You see stuff at work that you might not agree with and you might want to call out, but you're like, hey, I got to protect my job. It's tough. I, and I hear you. And it's tough for me because obviously I'm on the Hong Kong side of this. I think I'm not, I'm, I'm pulling for those guys to keep their rights and, you know, stay the state more democracy than than they already were before and continue that um but yeah when we were going back and forth earlier you made me think lebron it wouldn't really affect his life too much if he just if, if he just smoked out china and and, and, and and supported hong kong it really wouldn't it really wouldn't it affect affect his, it affect his money in china yeah, but it wouldn't affect. But, but why does D Rose? Why does D Rose get that, a signature shoe every year? What I'm saying, is, yes, because he's selling. Because he sells, he ain't selling them here. I get it. Yeah, he would lose money, but he already has so much. Yeah, money it wouldn't that, be the end of his life, right? right. Exactly, okay. right. You mean now, actually impact his life? Yeah, like, exactly. His you, lifestyle, exactly. Sure. You got me thinking about the money that would be pulled out of the league if China no longer was involved which would then affect the salary cap, which would then affect, like, a league minimum guy that he would maybe would, he wouldn't get a or slot. Or even a mid-level. Or, I mean, a guy exactly. who's making a five million, guy a guy who was, was making seven million is now making four or whatever. And we're not going to cry for these people, but at right. the same but time, it's, it's like, like that's that's substantial. That, that, that started to, to, to go where my – that was where my thoughts started to travel after I thought about it more and more. And, yeah. 
Go ahead. Oh, because and you know the league, who's gonna suffer from it? Not the owners. Right. The owners are gonna minimize their impact as much and say, hey, that's BRI. Yeah. Hey, thank your boy Bron. Right. BRI. Yeah. That's the a, salary cap is based on BRI, correct? Super- basketball related income. Yeah. So the money from China is basketball related income. Next player association is like that's gonna that's gonna be a talking point. It's like, be, yo, uh, y'all, what you mean? Y'all smoked a bunch of money off. Yeah, yeah, y'all yeah, like, what's the fucking, cap gotta yeah, come cap's down. coming down. <laughs> Simple as that. What you, what you, you yeah, hey, what what y'all want? You devalue the product. The interesting thing too is The Players Association hasn't said a word. Everybody. And the, and the other thing is, would do you think if a player came out and did what Maury did, he would be getting disciplined? It, but yes. Well, that's the I question think that, that Daryl Maury was very close to getting fired. All this, everything you've read was like, yo, they were very, very close to firing him. What they worried about optics on that. Right. Um, so I think if a player came out and said that, he'd probably be in the similar situation to where he would know very quickly that that was the wrong thing to do. Um, would but, he be uh, reprimanded? Uh, that's not what I'm asking. Yeah, would yeah, he be would reprimanded? He get, would he be suspended? Like, what could you do? It's such a sticky. It's no, a, it's I don't a think nightmare. I don't it's think a PR it's, nightmare. I don't think it's in their bylaws that you can't speak out on something like this. Right. So I don't think the player would be reprimanded, suspended, because then the NBPA would be all over it, right? But I think that that player would know that he fucked up, right? We're talking about very proud people, and none of them want to say shit. Maury doesn't want to puff his chest out. Like, somebody sat down and told them, like, yo, these are the real implications of this relationship. Yeah. Just like when ESPN had to reshuffle all their shit and fire Bill Simmons, who was their biggest dude, because he came at the NFL, it's like, hey, hey, whoa, 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 you can be funny, you can get angry on the podcast, you can talk shit. Do not come at our biggest business partner. He was coming at, he would come at the NFL, he'd come at ESPN. He was reckless. He was super reckless. Yeah. But I'm saying, but like the crux of it all was him coming at the NFL and then daring ESPN to suspend him. But like, right. again, it just shows you that at the end of the day, dude, these business relationships and the things that last and the things that'll make money for 10, 20, 30 years down the line, that's what matters. So it's the money. It's the money. Follow the money. It's the relationship. And again, Adam Silver is the CEO of a major company. What is his job? To fucking please the shareholders. In this case, the shareholders are the owners. Yes, sir. We need to up the value of the teams. You need to set the league up to be successful going forward. You're going to be in this job for another 10 to 15 years. You don't want to be dealing with the fallout of pissing off the fucking largest country in the world, the largest uh, economy in the world. Right with tons of money, and guess what they love? They love the NBA. We cannot understate. Derrick Rose has been getting a signature shoe from Adidas since he came in the league, including the last five or six years. He goes to China. The Adidas pays him twelve million dollars a year, not for United States stuff because he sells that many shoes in China. Well, he signed that deal, but yeah, I mean, Stephon Marbury went over there and got a statue, a play, a movie, everything. They love basketball. So much so that they will take Stephon Marbury and embrace him. There's a fucking billion and a half people over there. That's a lot of money. There are more NBA fans. They are said that there are more NBA fans in China than there are people in the United States of America. Yeah, it's big bread. 700 million NBA fans. You want to alienate those people? You want to cut that product off to them? I thought LeBron should... 
shouldn't have said shit. I, he shouldn't have said nothing. It was a bad statement. It was a bad look. He just he saw. He it was just a bad statement. It yeah. wasn't like if and if you really felt like you had to say something, call up math and be like, "Yo, let's put out. Let me. Can I put out a memo or whatever we got to do?" No. But like <laughs> he the. the what he put together or what he said off the cuff didn't didn't come off very well. It would have been a lot better to be like, you know what? I'm not fucking touching that with a 10-foot pole. Yeah. Next. Qu- next. Yeah. Or do like, what was it, James Harden and Russell Westbrook? They asked the question. They sat up there like. Dude, that's <laughs> that's always the best in NBA pressers. <laughs> when someone back. asks someone a question and they look at it's each like, other like. You want to take this one? Like, yeah, you going to take this? How much money you got out in China right you now? You going to take this? Yeah. No, okay. Because oh, I'm not saying that. Like they love the why not in Beijing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm not messing up that money. I go there every summer, baby. Yeah, I'm not doing I'm that. not touching it. So, again, man, I think it's it's one of those – it's like one of those ultimate high horse – Um, what is this dude called on the radio? A high horse rodeo. That's what it is. <laughs> it was the high horse rodeo. Like, everybody rode it on their high horse saying what LeBron should have said. High horse rodeo. Uh, it was a high horse rodeo. <laughs> Everybody in the world rode it. I thought that was great when I heard it. Um, that is good. Everybody in their world rode it on their high horse and talked about what LeBron should have said, but none of them would have said it in their, if it would have affected their jobs. Right. Or even further than that, the jobs of the people around him. That is a real thing. I'm not even going to get in. We won't even get into it. We'll close it out on what you just said. But you, what you just said all makes me think of Kaepernick. And, and how he sacrificed himself for the greater good. I'm not saying LeBron should have done that, but it's interesting. We could go on and again. Yeah, we, we did we via could, text. We could go on a whole another hold hour, hour about why I disagree yeah. with that statement. But you know, um, but, but did he not sacrifice himself? But though? yeah, yeah, for sure he did. Yeah. But it's it, so, his, I mean, that's his like, situation was a little bit different as far as what he was sacrificing for. He was sacrificing for an issue that he felt really hit home to him. Right, because when I'm gonna, go, I don't want. No, no, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a completely different. It really uh-huh. hit home. It affected his people. LeBron and and others in the NBA aren't connected to China, and it's and it's not, it's AKA none of our business. None that'd of our the, business. That'd be the, the not, simplest way to put it. It's like it, right? yeah, yeah. I can't I can't not touch what's going on in America, but like it, I can choose to stay away from what the fuck's going on in China. Right. It's interesting, and this will be a talking point for. Yeah, well, it's not going away. Not the story's going away. not no, going that, away. Shout out my girl Mia Harvey. She wrote me a note today. She's at my neck about making some more hoodies. She needs some. She needs some gear that fits little shorties. Mm-hmm. All the stuff's too big for her. Mia, I'm gonna look into it. We're gonna talk about it. The she said all our friends are pregnant, which is true. Yeah. The baby clothes could be could be some. Some money maker. Untapped market. <laughs> so, um, but I did, yo, if you're listening and you rock with us, shoot me a DM on the at no catch up Chicago Instagram. Let me know if you if you would want me to make some more hoodies. I've been exploring, re-upping. Shoot me a size, color, see how many people are actually looking for one before I go make a bunch and gotta move them. Um But we'll leave it there, man. Yeah. No catch-up, Sports Talk via Chicago. I'm your host, Sean Little. For Big Nick the Quick, we're out of here. Make sure you follow us everywhere at NoCatchUpChicago.com, Instagram, at Chicago Flow, Twitter, at NHarvey. What is it? 1086. 1086. Shout out, Jeezy. Twitter begins spicy. Twitter's lit. Follow us everywhere. 
No Catch Up Chicago. Let's get it.